Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, you guys know, this is one of my favorite space right here. I like to welcome our guests because I know they're coming with a couple of things, very expensive time. Time, what a beautiful commodity that has been given to all of us as a gift, as part of the human race. How we respect and honor time will tell a lot about you, as well as how you are learning to love. I had to learn how to love time. The other is the journey. The journey housed some powerful information that created Heather. She is here to share both of these precious commodities with us so that you and I can become better human spirits while we occupy this place called Earth. Heather, thank you so much for coming to the President Enlightenment. Thank you so much, Ken. I'm really excited to be here. Tell the people, how do you serve mankind? I had an, um, a guest told me that when I put it that way, it kind of seasons into the individual because it makes you look at global things, not just small things. And uh, so how do you serve mankind? That's a great question, and I have never thought of it that way. So thank you for challenging me there. Um, and I am new. I was just only recently activated into my purpose uh, in 2022. Wow. So I'm still learning how I serve. But one thing that's really exciting is that I am able to connect people to some very powerful healing that occurs through our dogs. So that's. That's thrilling to me. I'm a dog lover. I've always been a yeah. dog person. And, you know, most of us have kind of suspected that our dogs were angels, some form of mm -hmm. an angel or had some sort of healing, you know, power over us because we could just sense it, you know. But yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm here to tell you that's true. And I'm here to tell you how it works and how you can access it and what it can do for you. I've actually... Um... I knew someone personally that uh, operated similarly like you, and uh, her gift was more so with animals, in, but her dog was the main uh, um, animal that she worked with, and uh, she would do readings and all of those different things with the animals. So that's why I wanted to have this conversation to find out how did you come about. One of our customs here, Heather, is to go back into childhood because it is a place by where we reside for a few years. We call that place home. Home houses our mom and dad, a traumatized individual that see the world however they see the world. And they're now going to deposit into you data. And this data is going to use, you're going to be using this data to guide your life. What was your family like? It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an awful experience. <laughs> and um, I wrote a book about it, actually. And, and that was part of the gift of the Canine Spirit Guides. Um, yeah. My childhood was not fun. And my parents, um, I learned through writing the book how much of my experience was at actually an ancestral um, mm -hmm. experience. It wasn't just my my current father that I had with me, but it was a pattern that had 
recycled many, many generations within that family line. So yeah. that was a big revelation. But my childhood definitely shaped the course of my life and my determination to find the answers for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's, um, generationally speaking, everyone uh, in within the family, an individual is picked to kind of deal with it, if you will, to have an opportunity to make some changes within that generational um, manifestation. It comes yeah. in many ways, I tell people, that manifestation is in the natural genes. That manifestation also is the spiritual uh, things and traumas that are passed down from one generation within the generation within that same family unit. And mm -hmm. someone will always have an opportunity to be a light within that. So here you are, you had a traumatizing experience. How was this young girl, as far as Heather, within all of that, um, how did she begin to exist, if you will? How did she manage her day by day to try and um, survive? Because it's usually a survival mode that we tend to find ourselves in. How was she surviving it? Well, she learned to only rely on herself mm -hmm. and that people could not be trusted. So yeah. <laughs> she became very self-sufficient and wise and yeah was able to read between the lines and hear what people weren't saying. And she developed a lot of skill in yeah. trying to survive within that wounded state for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's amazing how, um, even at a young age, we start utilizing tools that will become very effective later on in our lives as yeah. we uh, uh, use it to survive. And then when we began to use it not to survive, but when we start using it to live, it's a different journey. So here she is. She's learning all of these wonderful um, tools, if you will. And she's now growing older, and you're looking towards your future as a young woman. Um, and most families, they, are, they program us that we need to go to college and society as well, that the Part of the programming is that we go get your education and plug into the system and never come mm -hmm. out. So where, um, what direction did Heather head into and why did she pick that uh, arena to go to? Well, I went into the medical profession. I became a physical therapist and a massage therapist and a functional medicine <coughs> practitioner. and. My motivation was because I wanted answers. I wanted to know how the body worked. I wanted to know how to take care of the body and repair the body and keep it going. I, I always had so many questions about the human body. I wanted to know the answers. And so that's the direction I went in. I wanted to empower myself with the mm -hmm. answers. Well, that's a good um, uh, direction to go to. And I know when you're dealing with... Uh that aspect is much healing you are dealing with within the medical and all of this uh, discipline that you mentioned. You had to learn certain things and so forth. As you yeah. were gathering data 
while you were in those fields and learning. The data that you collected and started collecting, how did you apply some of those in your life, knowing that you, you were a child of trauma and um, you're moving through your life? How did you begin to incorporate them as you will, as you're gaining more knowledge about the body, about human being, because you have to learn other things about the human being as well while you're collecting data on the body? Well, that's a good way to put it. And that's certainly something I was conscious that I was doing was I was collecting data. My whole life, yeah. I collected data. Yeah. Early on in my career, I worked with children from mm -hmm. the age of birth to three years old. And I don't actually, at that point, I didn't like being around children. I wasn't someone who adored infants and children. Yeah. But I immersed myself in that population because I was studying families. Yeah. I was collecting data on how families interacted, how children, you know, the children I was working with were physically wounded, right? Mm -hmm. So they were a lot like me, only their wounds were more visible. Yeah. So I was studying how the family either supported them, embraced them, and nurtured them through that state or how maybe the family didn't do such and how it affected the child in order to learn more about myself and learn more, have a different perspective of what my experience was. Yeah. What is normal? You know, I, <laughs> what is normal? Like, I don't know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, and then I ventured of course back into, um, an adult practice, also a geriatric practice. I've served all age groups within my, my physical therapy practice. Um, so I've seen people through birth and through death. I've seen people through the entire cycle of life. And um, that made me wonder. That made me wonder, what's it all about? Why are we yeah. here? I just had this insatiable desire to know more and to understand the pain and, and, you know, working with the physical body, I was really starting to realize how limiting that is. Yeah. You know, just treating the physical body is not the answer. I had this sort of um, spiritual aspect to myself that scared me a lot mm -hmm. because it didn't fit within that realm, within the physical yeah. body realm, and it wasn't appreciated by my peers. So I hid from it. Yeah. I didn't want to go that direction. It wasn't safe. But the more data I collected and the more experiences I had, the more I realized how limiting working with the physical body alone actually is. Yeah, that is so insightful. How, how old were you, Heather, when you became aware of your spirituality? Because I know that mother, because yeah, uh, you must have known much further on when you were younger. How old were you when you were aware of it, that it was there, but you didn't know exactly what it was, but you knew it was there? I had a couple of experiences. One was when I was in California in my 20s. I was almost 21. And um, an angel appeared to me in the middle of the night and scared me to death. <laughs> I, she was sitting in a chair right in front of me reading a book 
And I kept, I kept like rubbing my eyes and shaking my head to make sure, you know, I wasn't dreaming. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, if she looks up at me, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Please don't look up. <laughs> and so she never looked at me, um, but she was just surrounded in this peace, this, this yeah. feeling of peace. And I could hear the birds singing. It was the middle of the night. I could hear the birds chirping. I could hear the crickets and the frogs. And it was just this most beautiful um, energy around her, yet it terrified me. So I just begged for her to go away. And um, she did. She honored my, you know, my wishes. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't see her again. And then later in life, I had a brain surgery, which is one of the stories in my book. And after the surgery, I was working with the geriatric population. And I was working with one of my clients and another resident came rushing up at us. And as she approached, I could see that her soul was not in her body. And I could see not only that, but I could see other entities trying, fighting over getting into her body. Yeah. And that freaked me out. So I was trying to protect myself and my patient. And instinctively, I put my hand up and I just rushed this energy at her because she was coming at us full throttle. She was going to knock us down. She was very confused. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what her intent was. And um, I wasn't sure about all the entities I saw around her, yeah. whether I wanted that in my space. So I instinctively just threw this energetic shield out around us and she literally just stopped. And wow. um, so that was a pretty clear indication that something was going on, but yet it scared me to death. And I begged for that vision to be taken away. I didn't want to see it. It was hard to do what I did having to see that and not understand it. Yeah. So that was in my uh, later twenties that that happened. So I was getting clues. I was getting Mm -hmm. messages and it was only a matter of time before I became comfortable with it. And by the time they knocked on my door here in 2022, I was ready. I just embraced it full on. And I said, thank you. (laughs) I'm ready now. I've been, now I know I've been waiting for this and it's what I've been asking for. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how it takes us time and uh, we are allowed that time to make the adjustment. So here you are. Heather, you got a chance to see the full continuum of life from yeah. uh, within your your uh, studies as you're collecting data. What were the commonalities that you saw? Because you were with the young ones, the old, the geriatrics in between, and all of that commonality. What did you notice as you were in collecting data? The unresolved trauma. The emotional, the spiritual, the physical trauma that accumulates in our inner, sometimes our energetic field, our physical body for sure. When it is not addressed, it affects us very deeply. And there's a big need for this trauma to be healed. It is. uh, That's that's the journey because... um, and once we recognize, as we start to dig and bring in tools in our life, once we recognize that there's a need to deal with it, if you will, 
And then we start looking again for data to come and help us to deal with it. Those uh, tools manifest meditation, yoga, all the different tools that we bring in. What tools did you bring into your life? Um, again, you were exposed to the physical aspects and dealing with that, you also get a chance to see some of the mental, the mind and the spiritual aspect. And you mentioned that couple of uh, stories concerning what was happening to you spiritually as well. Uh, how was Heather managing herself as all of this is beginning to churn, if you will, more and more as she's getting the data, looking at the people, understanding that there's much more to life than just this, understanding that there is a need to move trauma, all of this. What was Heather doing as she's gaining all of that information? Wow, that's kind of a two-part answer I'll have to give you. Um, initially, before I understood, my um, go-to was exercise to try yeah. and, you know, ex expel what I was seeing because it was frightening. Yeah. I was seeing other fi family dynamics that were not pleasant. I was witnessing these um, people in their their older years having no family around them and dying alone. Uh -huh. um, and I was in also hearing their stories about their family, their lives. Um, and, and I just kept saying, why? Yeah. Why are we here? Why are we enduring all of this? So the only way I could deal with it and not implode was to just exercise like a fiend. I, so on several, in several parts of my life, I became a professional athlete because I just couldn't do anything but exercise. Yeah. Um, so as everything began to unravel, I, I received my call to action actually in 2020 during the, the worldwide lockdown. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that's what it was until two years later when I was um, actually unpacking it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, but as I began to come into my calling and they began to activate me, um, meditation became my go-to and meditation allowed me once i understood how to do it in a, yeah. a really functional way i was able to use it to access higher parts of myself i could access my guidance i could access the canine spirit guides and through that instant access they were providing me with incredible instant healing that literally just dissolved all of this trauma instantly. Yeah. So all of the things I had been tortured over my whole life, my childhood, my um, young adulthood that, all, that my childhood bled into that became very uncomfortable, all those parts of myself that, that were unhealed were instantly mm -hmm. healed. So that became my go-to. Anytime something would come up and I'd want to investigate it further, I went into meditation with yeah. the canine spirit guides and they led me directly into the healing for it. So yeah, I, that literally saved me, literally. And that's where I stand now. Yeah, meditation to me, when I discovered how to meditate, saved my life. Um, it, and I tell, I try to educate the audience and tell them that's where the power is. Uh, because what you're doing, you're learning to control your thoughts in the sense where you are now 
beginning to become the designer of it. You will pick certain thoughts and you will allow them to grow. And I would say to myself when I was just starting, Heather, uh, when the thought kept, you know, you know how it is, it just kept riding you. And I would yeah. say to them, not now, yeah. not now. And that you would be, you would be, you know, your thought would subside. And so I tell people, whatever you need to do to find that space that you call meditation, find it because that's powerful. It is where your power lies. It's where your wisdom, it's where all of those things that you need in order to get the answer, because the answer is within. It is not from the outside. And so right. when you learn to quiet your thoughts, it will bring uh, everything in space and, and be able to do it. As you begin to uh, organize your abilities, if you will, and begin to communicate with your guides, how did that happen for you? When, what incident was it? Because before you were, you were scared, you were just trying to, if you will, just touch your feet in the water. When did you begin to partner with them? Well, when I received that call to arms that I mentioned earlier, I knew something big was coming. Yeah. I knew there was a shift on the way. I couldn't understand exactly what. I just knew it intuitively that I needed to get ready. So I began to look for mentors. I began to build my team, people that could guide me through whatever was coming. Yeah. And that was critical for me because that way I didn't get stuck in the between stages, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I had a um, shaman that I worked with um, and a numerologist and an astrologer and a hypnotherapist. And when the when the actual go light turned on, that's when I began to get messages. And so then I could bounce these messages off these more experienced, the clairvoyant sh shaman who had already a direct connection to what I needed to know. So yeah. he could help me nur nurture that connection for myself and let me know when I was connected or that what I was actually hearing was a message from the divine. It wasn't my own inner thoughts. It's, it's really hard when you first begin to understand the difference between the ego talking to you and the divine or your higher self or your guidance talking to you. So having someone to kind of guide you through that for me was the shortcut. It yeah. was the easy button, you know, because I could have floundered there for who knows how long, just, just thinking that I was manipulating the situation somehow. And that was just my inner voice talking to me because that's, that's where we get stuck. Because yeah. we're like, oh, well, I could have just imagined that whole thing. That wasn't real. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so if we don't have somebody holding our hand and saying, no, sweetheart, you are completely engaged. Your channel is wide open mm -hmm. and showing you how, how direct your connection is, then you're going to question it. You're going to yeah. feel insecure about it. So that was the biggest turning point for me. And once that happened and I realized that what I was hearing were the canine spirit guides, then they began to speak to me louder and actually led me through more and more healing. And it was so critical for me to do the healing part 
Yeah. Because what I've learned is that our trauma and our pain, you know, those are lower vibrational energies that mm -hmm. occupy our energy field and they take up space that our higher vibration needs to reside in. So the healing allows this energy to be removed from our energetic field, allowing space, more space for our higher vibrational frequencies to occupy space. So as I was able to remove the, the, the trauma and the pain, I began to feel more and more of my own divine soul just moving in. Yeah. And so as I do that, that's your expansion. That's your yeah. enlightenment, your elevation. And as you elevate, you're going to see more, you're going to hear more, you're going to see the big picture instead of what we've been told our whole life. And, and it just opens up. It's just, it, I can't even explain. It's just like, I just rose up to the heavens and took a look around and went, oh, <laughs> that's what it's about, you know? <laughs> yeah. So to me, the healing was so critical. And um, if I had not done the healing, I couldn't, I could have sat in meditation for months and nothing yeah. would have happened. Yeah. The, the healing is, it precludes everything else. You have to have that in order to become a yeah. servant. Um, because it's in the healing that you become humble. Yeah. Uh, it's in the healing you become empathetic. It's there you learn to forgive. It's there you learn to love. Um, regardless of what it looks like, because if you have to learn to look and love you, um, and in your eyes, you are the biggest failure there was on this planet. You know, every every one of us have that um, uh, outlook on ourselves. But if you can learn to love that, even in its mess, you can love anyone, because you have to learn it with you first. Yeah. And, and the more you expand, the more you just see that we are all different versions of one. Yes. Yeah. And, and that to me was the most empowering, you know, just yeah. to see that we are all the same, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody's Absolutely. separate here. We are all the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. We are all, we all came from uh, the, the uh, you know, people say the designer, and I like the the terminology. Some people yeah. say it's God, and uh, we came from the same substance. And the body is just mud. We we when we leave it, it goes, and then. But then I tell people the body is, keeps you and I legal here on this planet, and so when we are. Uh, when we are ready to vacate the planet in a sense to move on. Because in my meditation, I've traveled within my mm -hmm. meditation, um, uh -huh. but I'm still legal here. I'm still mm -hmm. coming back. But there will be a time that I will uh, give up the body and I will be able to move in different dimensions where the restriction is not here for this particular dimension that I'm in. So here you are, mm -hmm. you've been awakened. You are now, um, and I hope you guys heard what she said. She brought guides in, a team. She put a team together. It's really important to find your team. Some other people put it this way, tribe. However, yeah. you find that tribe and that team because it becomes very important in your growth. Because uh, why? Because they've been through the, the journey before, and they're familiar. Mm -hmm. 
a lot more than you are because you're still new in this. And so they'll be able to encourage you as Heather said, when you think you're off, they'll look at you and go, no, you're, you're perfectly okay. But if you had no guide, you would have, Heather would probably still be there trying to figure it yeah, out. And absolutely. So, I would have felt like a big failure, you know? Yeah. And it would have dragged on and on and on and on. And so I tell people, get your guide, get your, your team, get your, your squad, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. um, and make sure there are people that you respect and honor and so that you know that what they're saying is going to be valuable to you and you're able to respect them enough to, uh, um, to listen to them and walk with them because they want to walk with you. So Heather, here you, you got your team. They're assisting you. You're um, awake, if you will, or awakening. Yeah. <laughs> and then you decide to start to write a book. How did that come about? Because you are moving through, and the book, as you said, is the data collected, and you were able to uh, let it out, the trauma, all the other things that were residing there as you're moving through. How did that book came about, the idea of it, and putting your, and disciplining yourself to stay with it? How was that process? Well, that's a great question and a great story, I got to say, because it was like I was riding on a steam engine that just mm-hmm. rolled super fast. Um, I, it wasn't my idea to write a book. I was told by my guidance that I was going to write a book and it would be done by the end of the year. So this was in February of 2022. But I didn't know initially what I was going to write about because Mm -hmm. so much of my life would make an incredible story. So many stories of not only my childhood, but my young adulthood. Anytime I've shared them, people have said, you need to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I just ignored them. I'm like, yeah, that's what people say, you know, but then my guidance finally said, okay, you're writing a book. And I'm (laughs) like, okay, what about, you know, so it took me probably three or four weeks to figure out what I was writing about. And they, my council, I was having a meeting in my sleep one night with my galactic council and they were all discussing the book and three words kept being thrown out. And so I wrote these three words down while I was asleep. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up, I read them and it said canine spirit guides, which is the title of my book, canine Mm -hmm. spirit guides. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm, I'm talking about dogs because I've always been a dog person and I was a professional dog trainer and competitor with in several dog sports, um, local, national, international. So there's a lot of stories to tell there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I've had 30 of my own dogs, not to mention all the other dogs that I've trained and bred and wow. whatnot. So then they told me, okay, You're going to have 10, they picked out the 10 dogs of my life that I was going to write about. So I'm like, oh, great. Those are all wonderful stories. So I start putting down the stories about me and the dogs. And what I didn't realize was that they were teaching me as I wrote the stories, how these um, angelic canine spirit guides were working through my dogs to offer Mm. me healing at that point in my life, that specific point. Also, um, direction. Some of them were literally 
parting the waters and creating opportunities for connections to come through, which I couldn't yeah. see at the time because it was a very traumatic time in my life. Diseases, injuries that literally stopped my world because right. there was a connection that needed to be made and I had to be just in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, so they showed me all of this as they were writing the book. But also what happened was the guides introduced themselves to me. These are intergalactic versions of our dogs, our canines. They're not our, they're not the individual soul of our dog. So mm -hmm. I'm not what you call an animal communicator. That's, I don't actually communicate with the, the dog itself. Mm -hmm. What I communicate with is the, the galactic version of our dog. So they're here to help humanity heal in a profound way. And what I did not realize was how they were trying to reach me throughout my life and how they were working with me and offering their services. And they showed me that as I wrote the book. And so then I could explain and share with the, the readers exactly yeah. who they were and how they worked because that's the stories they gave me to put in the book. Yeah. Um, but as I wrote the book, they were working with me uh, and doing the healing with me that they had intended to do, you know, decades ago yeah, that I earlier. declined. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they actually got to put me through the healing that they had been offering that whole time. Yeah. And after it was, probably six months after the book was printed that mm -hmm. I realized it wasn't my message and my offering and my service was not about the book. It yeah. was about providing the healing that they had offered me and put me through to heal me so suddenly. That's what they want to share with humanity. That book was written in six months. It's uh -huh. 350 pages. And you know, when I started, I had no idea what I was writing about, and it was written in six months. Wow. Um, so it was, for the large part, it was channeled. Um, yeah. They they just spoke through me, and I just wrote. Um, but that's how I met them. If you want specific detail about how I learned to hear them, I can give you that, too. I wasn't sure if that's what you wanted. Yeah, I'll take that so that the audience oh, okay. can hear um, how did you uh, start doing that as well. Well, you know, my mentor could hear them, but I couldn't. Um, yeah. So one one strategy he told me to try was the automatic writing, which didn't really work for me. <laughs> uh, it was just a bunch of scribble on the page, and it never really happened that way. But as I was attempting the automatic writing, I would start to hear things. And yeah. so then I would just write down what I was hearing. And so it, initially it would take me a long time to get into that we'll call it a groove or more of an yeah. opening or an awakening. It would take me a long time of automatic writing to get into that space where I could hear something. Yeah. Um, and the more they healed in me, the, the more I could hear them. So yeah. as this went through a process and they worked with me, the easier this got. Um, the very first time I heard one of the guides, I could see him in front of me as one of my dogs. And I couldn't hear him. He was talking. I could see his lips moving. And I'm like, yeah. I can't hear you. Can you turn it up? I, I can't hear you. And I got so frustrated that I messaged my, my mentor. And I said, I, I, I'm so frustrated. I'm ready to tear my hair out. I can see him there. I can see his lips moving. I know he's talking, but I can't hear him. And he said, what's the emotion? 
What's the emotion attached to it? And as soon as he said that, all of these memories just came purging up. And I remembered all of those emotions I had as a child with that dog around my father, my family, my experiences in life. All those emotions just came surling out of me. And I I kind of went into uh, um, a healing session where my body just started to shake and tears. I wasn't crying, but tears were streaming out of my eyes. I'm like, what's that about? (laughs) And then I'm just my body just gets really rigid and I, and I can just feel this light just yeah. radiating off of me. It, is, it was like a spotlight, like a beacon yeah. just coming out of me into the heavens. And I just hear myself say, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so after that experience, I could then hear him. And that's when I realized, oh, that pain and trauma has to be released before yeah. I have access to my gifts. So. That's when I said, bring it. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, um, so eventually I could just hear them. And, and when I would meditate, I would dictate into a recording device and just describe everything, whether I was hearing something, seeing something, feeling something, I would put it all into words in the recording. So I wouldn't have to stop my meditation. And sometimes chapters of the book would come out. They would just dictate them word for word. Other times it was, you know, um, past life experiences that would come through and they would share with me and and then they would uh, also share the healing that was necessary around that experience during the meditation. So there was a lot going on in my meditations and that's how I learned to use meditation as a tool for healing for sure because it didn't turn out to be what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) As you, you... As you said, bring it. After you said bring it, how did your life change? It, yeah, um, it was kind of like a roller coaster. Um, uh-huh. You have to be willing to ride the waves. And I think the terminology is moving in flow, moving yeah. in divine flow, having no idea what's going to happen next. And you're just like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm not in yeah. control. I'm not in charge. I'm just going with it. And as long as it's going in a positive direction, what does it matter? So yeah. I really had to give up that, that need to control everything I developed as a child in order to keep myself safe. I had mm-hmm. to give that up and just, and just welcome this divine source energy that was offering to heal me. And I said, yep, I'll take it. I've been waiting my <laughs> entire life. Sign me up. I'm ready. But, you, you know, I had to feel safe. So yeah. that's, that's kind of where it was very important to have the team around me that could say, you're totally safe. You know, and I trusted my team. I knew that they were all, I, I thoroughly vetted them before I added them to my team. Because if you don't have that sense of trust, that could feel violating to you. That Mm -hmm. could feel scary to you. But since I trusted my team, I knew I was safe. So I just went with it. Yeah. This is one of the last lesson that we have to learn to walk in to our blessing i would say to people and that is the surrendering Mm -hmm. and a lot of people uh, fight that place it takes several years and many of us we have the stubborn ones like myself that kept uh, resisting and so forth but when i surrendered and i said okay okay i'm ready it's amazing it's 
everything has been waiting for me to say that. Mm -hmm. When I said that, the doors began to swing open. Things began to come into place faster. Everything began to move, as you said, on this escalator that's just riding, running over. And within even that escalator, there's still so much more learning that I have to do and continually surrendering. Um, the Christian uh, uh, teachers call it the walk of faith, where you don't know yeah. anything is going on, but you're going to surrender because you yeah. feel safe. And that is important. Once you're in that zone, that safe zone, then your life begins to become very interesting. Everything, uh, you're, you're, I became connected, uh, Heather. Um, I remember when I, I would know what the other person is thinking. I became connected. Um, I knew their pain. I knew what it was. I knew how to, I would walk up. I remember walking up to people. Um, one guy, I saw him and I knew he was on his way to commit suicide. Had a conversation with him, telling him his life story and what brought him to where he was. You become connected. And uh, we talked about that place before when one have gone through, have been uh, mended, um, you've learned forgiveness, all those things we talked about, and you're now able to hold someone in that same space that you're familiar with and what it looks like, what it feels like, and so you're able to honor them and keep them there until they're able to make that transition over. So here you are, you you're doing all of these things. You have the books. And um, how did you begin to move from once you got healed into now serving the literal hands-on stuff when you start dealing with people? How did you make that transition? <laughs> that was such a surprise to me because I never saw that coming. Um, <laughs> I thought I was just going to write this great book and be on with my life, right? Yeah. Because uh, I had a lot of plans that um, have kind of changed now. <laughs> but, um, you know, like I said, I it was about six months after I the book was published that um, I finally started hearing, you know, my mentor was telling me this, this is what you are meant to bring the world. The, the healing you went through is what the guides are wanting you to share with the world. Yeah. And that scared me a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, that meant that I had to fully step into my spiritual self and I couldn't hide from it anymore. Yeah. You know, so um, I had a little chat with myself to make sure I was willing and ready to do that 100%. And my, my higher self said, absolutely. I mean, I've been waiting. W one thing that I experienced during one of my regressive hypnosis sessions was my soul before I incarnated sitting on a star and I was mm -hmm. staring at earth and I contemplated the mission I had before me and whether I would be able to do it because yeah. I knew it was going to be tough. And, um, and I just remember feeling a bit of trepidation about what I was about to take on, but then also feeling like I've got to do it. This is my gift. This is what I need to bring to earth. And so I incarnated with that energy and I remembered that. And that was 
very empowering to be able to visit that period of my, you know, soul development. And I just yeah. went, wow, I, this is hard. You know, it yeah. was meant to be hard. And that means I'm doing it right. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've been dealt a, a rough hand. That means that yeah. I knew it was going to be this way when I came in and I agreed to it. So that brought me a lot of peace right there. Um, Cause certainly I wouldn't have agreed to it had I not thought I could um, succeed. But um, you know, I wasn't sure how to make this happen, and I wasn't sure how the guides were going to work. I've never done anything like this. I've never channeled before. I'd mm. never done energetic healing before. I, I do have a first-degree Reiki, but I've not used it very much. Um, so I just started opening up and allowing them to speak to me. So I would speak to family members, and I'd say, hey, uh, I'm hearing that uh, you know, one of the guides wants to work with you. Are you open to a session? And so I would do sessions with them initially because they were somebody that I kind of knew, I, not yeah. terribly much. You know, I'm not that close to my family, but I was familiar with parts of my family. And so as I opened up to it, floods of information just came pouring through during those sessions about what that person, what their past life experience was, or maybe their traumatic events in this life things that they needed healing from so that they could step fully into their blueprint and their purpose. Mm -hmm. And just these amazing messages started coming through. And then after they provided the messages, then they started providing the healing. This, this um, it's, I guess you would compare it to like a psychic surgery. Um, yeah. When they do the healing sessions, it's kind of like a guided meditation where I bring that guide that wants to work with that person. I bring that energy in. And then I see the guide working with that person and describe it all to the client. And some of them can feel them, feel what's happening. Some of them can see the guide with them there um, and hear things that are happening. And, um, and it's just a beautiful process. It's a very deep um, healing. It's not to be taken lightly. Yeah. And it's only for people who are really ready for that kind of healing because they will turn people down when they're not ready for that type of, I call it rotor rootering because yeah. it's so deep. <laughs> um, but I, so I just started following how I was being led and I did several practice sessions with people I knew. And then my mentor said, okay, now you do me. And I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Um, yeah. so, you know, he's, um, He's a clairvoyant mystic shaman, and he's very powerful. So I was really intimidated to do a reading on him. And when I tried to connect with his energy, his shields were quite strong. It was hard for me to get in, even though he gave me permission. Um, and then what was so interesting was, as I was doing a reading on him, the reading came in very different for him than it did for anybody else I had practiced on. And I'm recording it all because I don't want to try and remember anything. I don't want to stop to write it down. So I'm, I'm speaking into a voice recorder. And I was getting one word at a time. Usually I get sentences and big yeah. pictures. And for him, I'm getting one word at a time, just a single word. And I can't remember what they were. It'd be a single word, like one or two minutes later, another single word. And I think I even commented after five or six of these, am I doing this right? <laughs> 
what's happening? I, cause I even, I'm like, I, and I even questioned his guides. I said, you know, am, uh, you know, are you guys playing a game with me? What's happening here? Yeah. And, um, and so I sent that recording to him and we met afterwards and he said, I want you to know the words that you were coming up with are words that are listed on my computer. They're part of my action plan for next year. My guides wow. were poking me to get on my action plan. Wow. <laughs> So I was oh, wow. quoting literally word for word this list he had on his computer, which is why it took so long for me to, yeah. to get them out, I guess. But <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I really do have something here. And I started to really trust myself at that point. Wow. So then I started working with, with my physical clients, you know, the people yeah. that I have in my office already. And, and it yeah. just kind of blossomed from there. They've never done the same thing twice with any two people. It's been... Yeah an incredible learning experience. They show me something new each and every time I work with them. And I'm just dumbfounded about uh, around what they are capable of and what humanity is capable of. And there's so much we need to know about ourselves and about oh, yes. earth and about why we're here. It's, it's incredible to be able to share it. Yes, wonderful. I love that story. And all of you guys are listening to our conversation. Um, Heather said so much as far as um, uh, wanting to heal. She talked the whole conversation about healing. And those that are in pain, that are seeking healing, I have someone that is here and is affording herself her journey, her experience, her wisdom, all that she is to be able to walk with you, to give you that safe space. And once you have entered into that safe space, you'd be amazed how you're able to release a lot of your uh, pain and the healing will come to you as you begin to move through. All of you that have been traumatized and have gone through much Heather has told us she's been through much, and yet you are looking at someone that has healed, even though they've been through much. And so I want to invite you guys, if you're going to provide everything for you to get access to her, I want to invite you to give her a call, to send her some email. I want you guys to purchase the books, get it to people that are in pain, uh, because the purpose of all these conversations is so that you will recognize that someone has gone through. And then that person has gone through, I offer them to you guys. Why? Because they are your guides. They are your guides. They will help you to get, as Heather said earlier, if she had done it on her own, she probably still would have been there. But yeah. she put her team together, and she was able to exit much faster. And so yeah. we have Heather. She's an excellent guide. That will help you to exit faster, get your healing, and become who you are meant to become while you're here on this beautiful place we call Earth. Because as she said, there's so much we need to know about this planet. There's so much we need to know about each other. There's so much to know about the self. And so I invite you guys to get to know her, and I'll provide all that information. Heather, I want to thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. This has been beautiful. 
Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoy your energy and your space, Ken. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are so welcome. I didn't.